Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to episode 91, A Millennial Perspective, part two. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hey, thanks again for listening. Part two of A Millennial Perspective. Now, you had a, a great question uh, that is probably one of the key questions that a lot of people ask. What yes. happens to people who never learned about Christ and never had a chance to be saved? Is that a common question you have people ask you too? Um, it's not a common question that people have asked. Actually, yeah, I think one of my friends did ask me, but I just think it's a good question to have answered for people yeah. who may not know. Yeah, right, because it seems to imply that if a person never had the opportunity to hear about Jesus Christ, then they're unjustly condemned. Yeah, because I think people who are who are skeptical of Christianity, that's like a one of their gotcha questions. Yeah. You know? And and what they're doing is they're using it as a gotcha question because first of all, they don't want to come to face to face with their own mortality. Right. But more importantly, it's their way of trying to deflect thinking about judgment. Mm-hmm. Essentially, there's a judgment coming, and I think we inherently know that as humans, but we try to imagine that it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you think about it, if we're not accountable to God, then morality is out the window. Mm. Because if there isn't a God, then what is morality anyway? You know, why would it be wrong for me to take everything you own? It would be survival of the fittest, mm-hmm. which is what evolution teaches. Mm. But if it's morally wrong for me to do so, it's because I'm accountable to somebody for that. Mm-hmm. Because who put the... You say, well, yeah, you, you go to jail for doing that. Yeah, but who put the police in charge? Mm-hmm. Well, you voted for officials who became the senators and congressmen that passed the laws. Well, who who gave them that authority? Right. If you keep going up the chain, you're going to finally hit somebody. Yeah. And you're going to hit God from whence comes law, Mm -hmm. right? So um, first thing we have to understand is what does the term lost mean? Because when we say, you've heard that expression, saved and lost, right? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, now this might be a passage you do remember from all those uh, children's Bible studies we used to do, and it's verse 3, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And here's lost defined, in whom the God of this world, Satan, Mm -hmm. lower G, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So a person who's lost is not someone who's never heard. Mm -hmm. It's somebody who believes not. Right. How can you not believe if you've never heard? Yeah. So what if a child is born, and I I always use the the phrase lower Slavovia, because it doesn't (laughs) exist, but it's, 
keeps me from having to point out some nation as though they're, you know, yeah. being criticized. I've heard it's lovely in the wintertime. It's lovely, well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> True. So um, if a person's born there and they don't have access to a Bible, mm-hmm. <clears throat> don't know anything about God, mm-hmm. God can't hold them accountable for rejecting Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But he did give himself record. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we have to turn to the scriptures of what God did for man. You know, first thing, after the uh, the flood of Noah, God divided the earth in the uh, Tower of Babel. And so when he separated the children of men, he did so and he set the bounds of their habitations. And we're talking about geographic boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, because until we had modern transportation, that pretty much kept people apart from each other. Yeah. Mountain ranges and oceans and things like that were not easy to traverse on foot. Right. But the whole reason he did that, Paul said, was that they might seek God, Mm. if they would seek God. So he gave himself witness in that he gave rain and grew crops and the sun rose every day and on and on. God gave witness of himself in the stars. But even knowing that, man turned against him. So it's not like man was once so primitive and stupid like cavemen that we didn't have a clue. Mm -hmm. Adam would have been a genius. Mm -hmm. Intellectually, he would have known everything God gave him at that moment, Mm -hmm. you know. And then the rebellious men that wanted to interact with the fallen angels and offered their daughters to be their wives did so in exchange for technology. Mm. So it wasn't like it was just they came down and took them. It says they took them wives, implying it wasn't a rape. It was a contract, Mm. right? Well, who contracted for that? The fathers or the brothers. Well, that's how all marriage was back in the day. That's right. That's right. So essentially, what do you have to give us? What's going to be the dowry? Yeah. Well, the woman didn't really have a choice regardless. That's that's right. That's right. But that's just how it was. So ultimately, I think the women were willing to do it, though, I would would say, because there was probably some involvement on their part, too, to be the proud. I mean, I bet these angels are beautiful. You know, and to be the proud mother of a Nephilim hybrid giant that would rule the earth, you know, could have been because let's face it. I mean, power, yeah, power corrupts. But um, when they did that, they did it in exchange for technology. So ancient man was far more advanced than Mm. we give him credit for. Yeah. And up to the point of the flood, we don't know how advanced they were. You know, it could have been that they had the ability to do things that we just can't even conceive of right now. And the book of Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. That mm-hmm. which shall be has already been. Right. So we can we can assume that they knew something. So it's not like they were just running around rooting in huts and wondering, you know, who is that great ball in the sky? You know, it's they weren't that stupid. And so Paul writes about that in Romans chapter 2 when he says in verse 1, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. And he's kind of directing it to the religious person here. Mm-hmm. You think you're better than me? Mm-hmm. He says, For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. <clears throat> but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? Change our mind. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, unrepentant, 
treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath, the revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds. Mm -hmm. So if a man dies without ever having any knowledge of Jesus Christ, he's going to be judged according to his deeds. Ah. I wouldn't want to be that guy. No. <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying that that's how God's going to, he will render to every man according to his deeds. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath. And so we see that God is just. He can't be unjust. Right. <clears throat> he couldn't condemn a baby for not knowing Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And kind of getting back to where I was leading up to that, uh, back in Romans chapter 1, Paul had said that the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel of Christ, but he says the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. And that's the idea that they understand it and they're trying to suppress it or hold it back. So his wrath is not against the ignorant who don't know. Mm -hmm. His wrath is against the ones that are trying to suppress the truth right. and use it to control us. Mm. I call them the satanic global elite. Right. What is hell? We've discussed a little yeah. bit about that, but then you asked, is hell forever? Hell, interestingly enough... Uh, was created for the devil and his angels mm. because that's a compartment where we've already seen some angels are chained in there mm -hmm. in one of those three places in hell. In fact, he even says in Matthew 25, uh, when Jesus comes back to judge the earth, there's going to be some that go into hell. And he says, depart from me, you curse it into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Mm -hmm. So hell was originally prepared for the devil and his angels. The question, is it forever? The answer is no. Because hell is really a temporary prison. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, the occupants of hell are going to be cast into the lake of fire. Right. That will be forever. Okay. So the lake of fire doesn't exist yet, mm. but it will. And when it does, the Revelation 20 says, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So it, I think we're going to be shocked at whose names are written in the book of life. Mm. You know, obviously every believer in Christ but what about all the people who died before Christ was even born? Mm. Won't there be those that were righteous based upon their works, mm -hmm. like Abraham or Noah or David or mm -hmm. you know whoever? And so <clears throat> we know that Christ said many will sit down with from the east and the west with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of God. So I know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are going to be there, mm -hmm. and they all live before Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So they didn't believe on Jesus Christ to be saved. They didn't have an option. They didn't have the option. They believed on God. Right. And they were faithful to do what God told them to do. So I believe God will honor the faith of those individuals that never heard, or he's able to send them a witness. If he knows a person is seeking him, he's able to get somebody into that lower Slobovia region that's so nice in the winter <clears throat> and and reveal to them the truth they need to know right so he wouldn't be worthy of our worship if he was unjust of course yeah so that's where we have to hinge upon most of the people that want to say those kind of gotcha questions are trying to figure out ways of ignoring their accountability yeah because you could say well never mind everybody else what about you Mm -hmm. Did you trust Christ as your Savior? You know, because ultimately you're going to be the one that will 
give an account mm-hmm. of whether you did or whether you didn't. If you never heard of Christ, you'd be in that other department of God's going to deal with them differently. But there's no other name under heaven whereby men might be saved from wrath. Mm. And if you already have heard of Christ and you've rejected him, then you would be accountable for rejecting him. Mm. And the wrath of God would abide upon them. I loved your next question. What does heaven look like? Mm -hmm. I wish I could tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, is it white pearly gates uh, on a bed of clouds? No. And everyone has a cocktail in their hand. Well, now the cocktail sounds good. (laughs) But most people thought of it as just like uh, all of us sitting on clouds strumming harps with a halo. Mm. How boring. Yes, yeah. that doesn't sound amazing. So heaven, most people don't have the vast notion of what it is. And mm-hmm. you think about it, most of Christianity and many other religions for that matter are telling us to live our lives a certain way because we want to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. The ultimate goal is heaven. Mm-hmm. And they never tell you what's in heaven. Yeah. It's like if I said, we're going to go on this vacation, where are we going? Well, I'm not going to tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, oh, we're going to this place called heaven. Well, can I see the travel brochure? No. <laughs> <clears throat> For all you know, it's a roach motel, you know. <laughs> so heaven is literally going to be the new heaven and the new earth mm. and a city. A city that's pretty amazing. One of the things that was doctrinally incorrect about what we used to teach when you were growing up was that nothing in the book of Revelation pertains to us. Mm in the dispensation of grace. I no longer believe that's true because ultimately we're all going to the same location. Mm. And it's this. After the seven years of tribulation and all that wrath that happens in the book of Revelation, and then Jesus comes back, he's going to reign on the earth for a thousand years. And we're not going to talk about that time, but it's like a preview of heaven. So the earth is going to be restored to a state where children can play with poisonous snakes. Animals won't eat each other. Um, they'll, uh, children will live to be a hundred. Mm. Can you imagine being a hundred years old and still thought a child? I don't even want to think about that. That's very <laughs> strange. Uh, and all of those kind of things are happening. Lamb lays down with the lion. No, no war. Mm. Beat their swords into plowshares, spears into pruning hooks, plenty of food to eat. It's a picture of what's coming. Mm. So ultimately heaven is the new heaven and the new earth. Mm. It's going to be earth restored to its original glory. So before Adam and Eve ate the apple. Before they sinned, mm-hmm. right, and brought sin into the world and the curse on the earth. So no more mosquitoes, no more fire ants, you know. No Can't more, wait. No more pain. So in uh, me too, that's why I want to go. So God did give us a travel brochure, and he did tell us what it's like. Revelation 21, verse 1, after all that thousand years over, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, they're intricately tied together. Incidentally, the first verse in the Bible is, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Mm -hmm. We come full circle. Ah. We come all the way back around to the beginning. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And he's not talking about the oceans. Mm -hmm. He's talking about a sea of glass that separates God's throne from Mm. the rest of creation. And it's called a frozen deep or the crystal sea. Mm. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now, that's going to be important uh, with one of the final questions you ask. Mm. So keep that in mind about the bride here. Okay. A bride adorned for her husband. There's a picture <clears throat> of mankind ultimately redeemed, unifying with God in this we're about to read as the marriage represents the joining of a husband and a wife. 
So he says, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. This city, New Jerusalem, is the tabernacle of God. And they shall be his people. He shall dwell with them. And they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And that's all mankind. Not just Israel anymore. Israel is his priesthood for a thousand years. But forever going forward, he will dwell with men. Mm-hmm. And here's the verse I love. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Mm-hmm. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. That's what I'm looking for. Mm. For the former things are passed away. Everybody over 30 begins to understand pain better. (laughs) Like daily wake up and feel pain. Mm. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, and these words are faithful and true, or true and faithful. So we're going to see a new heaven and a new earth. All of the entire universe is heaven. The earth is part of heaven. We're going to be living like we do now, but without sin, without pain, without death. Mm. You're going to explore and invent and create and sing and laugh and sleep and eat and joy and rejoice and travel and uh, paint and write and all that. We're going to do all those things because that's what we created to do. Mm-hmm. We're not going to sit around on clouds. We're going to be probably maybe in a sense like Star Trek, exploring the galaxy and settling planets because there's millions of them. Can you make some more analogies to like a Tolkien <laughs> fiction universe? Because I'm feeling a little left out here. I'm not a Star Wars fan. Not a can Star you, Wars fan, not a Star Trek fan. Can you Middle Earth maybe? And you know what? I didn't really watch any of the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. I read The Hobbit. Yeah. Okay. That's the same. Symbol. Okay. Well, it's, I mean, I didn't really get the analogy. Can I smoke analogy. a pipe and I, eat a lot of food? I could make more of an analogy towards like C.S. Lewis. Okay. Like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, okay. you know, Narnia. Okay. That's heaven. I'll take it. Okay. And the White Witch is a picture of Satan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Aslan is a picture of Christ. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and read Tolkien. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, everybody gets into that, and I just found it was a big yawn growing up, you know, so sorry to say. Uh, so you asked, what do angels look like? Mm-hmm. Well, they look like men. Mm. Or rather, we should say we look like them. Right. Somewhat. You know, when God made man in Genesis chapter 1, it's interesting the way he worded this, because he said... In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, uh, and God said, let us make man in our image. Us. Mm. Who's the plurality there? The angels. I think. The benai Elohim, sons of God. Mm. Okay. Let us make man in our image after our likeness, which implies that God made the angels to look like him. And then he made man to look like us, to look like him too. Uh, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over and dominion and everything else. So he created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And he blessed them and told them to multiply. So he obviously made man to look like him. Well, God's invisible. Hmm. God is a spirit. So what does man look like? We look like God. Jesus Christ is the express image of his person. Mm. So he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Mm. So Adam probably looked like the twin of Jesus. Okay. And I'm willing to bet that the angels had the similar characteristics. You know, they were were certainly anthropomorphic 
mm-hmm. in the sense of having two arms, two legs, two eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, they they didn't look like us. Like if an angel walked in the room, I, I would think and this is just a guess. Mm-hmm. It would it would be similar to they would look like a man, but they would look like they were Asgardian. Ah. Now, Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'll, it's, I'll let it. Slide. You'll allow it. I'll okay. Allow it. So Thor. Or I could say elves. Yeah. yeah there elves. you go. Elves. Could, that might be the elf. In fact, uh, one of the um, guests I'm hoping to have on the show, I wrote a book called Birthright, mm. and he refers to these sons of God, angels, as the elder race. Ah. Which I think is kind of a similar thing. Yeah. To, weren't the elves an ancient race versus yes. men and mm-hmm. the trolls and of whatever. So the elder race is probably very similar to that. You mm-hmm. know, they probably look, not that they all have blonde hair or whatever, mm-hmm. but but they probably look like men. Gorgeous beyond. Taller, yeah. extremely handsome, and more powerful with, I don't think they have wings. Like Europeans. <laughs> like the Dutch. Yes. <laughs> they look, the, the angels look like the Dutch. Because when I went to the Netherlands, and I'm six foot tall, I was looking up <laughs> to everybody I spoke to. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so angels. Now, there are angels that are interesting looking, like cherubim mm-hmm. have four faces oh. and and four wings, you know. So they're they're creatures, you know. They're and God. that's like a different race of angels, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, okay. they're angelic. So the word angel means messenger. So mm-hmm. it's not describing a being. It's describing an occupation. Okay. But the actual term for them are is benai elohim, sons mm-hmm. of God. Okay. Created beings are called sons of God. Adam was a son of God. Because uh-huh. he was created. Uh, Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of God. Right. Because he was born of a woman mm-hmm. for the birthright. But um, but angels themselves are um, uh, probably, they look like human beings. They might be taller. I would like to think they're probably taller. Uh, and we see an encounter with them in Genesis 19. And I'm going to read that one just because it's going to tie back into these angels that sinned. But if we go to Genesis 19, this is well after the flood of Noah. But what do we know about the flood of Noah? Angels came down, took the daughters of men, and they interbred. That was a big no-no. God forbade that, and they violated his commandment. Mm. In Genesis 19, verse 1, it says, There came two angels to Sodom mm. at even in the evening. Sodom was a city. Mm. And Lot was the nephew of Abraham, and he lived there mm. with his wife and two girls and their, and their husbands. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. He knew they were angels. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he wouldn't have bowed down to them. Yeah. You know. So something about them, they stood out. It says, two angels. And he said, Behold, now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night. Was, come, come stay with me. And wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. 
Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. And Lot knew his city, and he knew that was a bad idea. <laughs> and he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him. They said, please don't do this, please. <laughs> and they entered into his house, and he made them a feast they can eat. Mm. And he did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, you know, before they went to bed, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round. Means they surrounded it, mm. and both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, "Where are the men which came into thee this night?" Mm. So they look like men. Mm-hmm. We know they're angels, but these men think they're men. Ah. But there must be something about them, because if Lot recognized them as an angel. Mm-hmm then the other men must have known they were too. Yeah. So they look like men. And what do they want? They said, bring them out unto us that we may know them. Mm. Now that term means to know carnally. Mm. Why would they want to know them? I'm not sure. See, a lot of Christianity gets hung up on the sin of homosexuality. Mm. And even the term sodomy comes from the city. Right. Sodom. But they're missing the point of what was going on here. Because all sin is bad. Mm-hmm. Sin is sin. It doesn't matter. And we're going to see shortly, you, you, can't, there's, you can't take one out of the mix and say, this is a really bad sin. Yeah. And then th- in that same list, there's about 10 other sins that all have the same penalty. Yeah. And they're, they're just as bad. Okay? But you, you, Christians never talk about that. usually someone condemning one sin is doing all the, the other. others. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, that, that's the worst one, obviously. But what did we read earlier in Second Peter when he talked about the angels that sinned? that were chained in darkness. And the next verse said, even as Sodom, mm. where they went after strange flesh. Mm. You know what the men of Sodom were trying to do? Mm-mm. Procreate with angels again. Ah, Create hybrids that's again. That's a no-no. That's Can't a no-no. That. That's what it did. And I'm not excusing homosexuality or trying to make a statement about it. I'm saying that it was far deeper than that. Ah. And what they were trying to do was satanic. They were trying to stop the bloodline, always trying to stop the seed of the woman from being born. Right. If it worked once, why don't we try it again? Yeah. And okay. incidentally, God rained fire down on that city and destroyed it. Mm. Every bit of it. Mm. Okay. Had to, the angels had to drag Lot kicking and screaming out of the city. Wow. And they by the skin of their teeth. His wife, by the way, turned back and looked and she turned into a pillar of salt. Which is wild to think about. Uh, I hate when that happens to me. If they were just wicked because they were homosexuals, Mm -hmm. he should have destroyed every city of mankind since that time. Ancient Greece should have never existed. And and Rome, too. And honestly, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Sin is sin. And if we're going to call things sinful, then, I mean, every 
if there you could find a city that had no homosexuals in it, there's adulterers, there's murderers, yeah, there's thieves and liars, yeah. I mean, and th- they have every right to be destroyed too by God if He's yeah. going to do. So God only intervenes directly when angels are involved. Oh, okay. The flood of Noah, the flood of Genesis one verse two, the coming wrath. Mm. The angels come down because they lose that battle in heaven. This was the same thing. Think of all the wickedness that's been done in the world. Think of the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Think of the genocide of, of Russian Christians in by uh, Stalin or whoever mm-hmm. it was. Think of Khmer Rouge and Cambodia and Pol Pot. Think of the millions that have been slaughtered through wars of aggression by this country, yeah, the United States, and all in the name of so-called right, mm. you know, and yet it continues to this day. Yes. God hasn't intervened. When does he come? When has he had enough? When angels are involved. When fallen angels start messing around with his original commandment mm. that only man can procreate. So... Your last question, was the scripture say about homosexuality? Mm-hmm. So we just read a little bit about that indirectly. But here's the thing. Leviticus chapter 20. And this is a subject that's difficult for us uh, because we have people that we dearly love that we know would classify themselves as gay. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had that in my family all my life. Uh, and they're dear people and I love them. And mm-hmm. I have no desire to criticize them in mm-hmm. any way, shape, or form. I want all men to be saved mm-hmm. and come to the knowledge of truth, and that's all that matters to me. Mm-hmm. What people do with their lives is between them and the Lord, mm. and I'm going to let him handle that because I'm not fit to judge them. Right. But I do know this. When he gave Israel the law, he told them in Leviticus 20, verse 7, Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be you holy, for I am the Lord your God. Now, incidentally, the law was given to prove that they couldn't keep it. Mm. And Jesus Christ came to take the law out of the way. Right. And he nailed it to the cross. So the law ultimately was showing us what we should be, but what we can't. And ultimately that we need a redeemer. So the law serves the purpose of proving that every mouth is everyone's a sinner Mm -hmm. and to stop every mouth. But he still sold, he told him these things. You shall keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord which sanctify you. For everyone that curseth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. Aren't you glad that's not a law in this country? Yes. <laughs> Aren't there moments when we get so frustrated with our parents? You don't have to answer that question. <laughs> um, he, hath cursed, he that hath cursed father or his mother, his blood shall be upon him. Now, I don't see Christians requiring we put people to death for cursing their parents today. No. And the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Mm. There'd be a lot of dead people today. You know? Absolutely. I don't see people rising up trying to demand that laws be passed that adultery be put to death. Mm. There probably are some zealots that would. You know? Yeah. And the man that lieth with his father's wife hath uncovered his father's nakedness. Now we're talking incestuous. That's pretty uncomfortable. Both of them shall be surely put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Mm. If a man lie with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall surely be put to death. Mm. They have wrought confusion. Their blood shall be upon them. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman... 
Both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. And he goes on and on. I could keep going. But you, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that a lot of Christians that are totally against homosexuality mm-hmm. will bring up over and over again. God Just that one hates part, homosexuality. Though. Yeah. And they never seem to mention the rest of it. No. It goes on to talk about lying with a beast. Mm. Bestiality. Yeah. Put to death. Both the man and the beast. Mm-hmm. The beast. What did they do? Yeah. They're just a dumb animal, right? <laughs> they couldn't even consent in the first place. And he said, you shall slay the beast. What is the problem? What do they all have in common? Are they immoral? Are they sinful? Are they those kind of things? Yes, but what is the what is the issue here? Genetic mixing. Mm. Defiance of God's commandment. Mm-hmm. Because when he created male and female, and he said they shall cleave one to another and shall be joined as one flesh... Marriage Mm -hmm. was designed to be a picture of redemption. Mm. And everything that goes against that violates the picture of redemption, Mm -hmm. whether it's with angels, whether it's with animals. And incidentally, they were doing that too. In Genesis 6, the flood that came, uh, 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 Moses wrote that all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Mm -hmm. Those angels were also genetically messing with animals too. Mm. And you've heard stories of minotaurs and centaurs, and right. they, they were real. Mm. Wow. They made those. Griffins, whatever, uh, tiny manticores. <laughs> <laughs> they were, there was some truth to all that because they were, make, they were messing with God's creation, right. and they're going to do it again. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff is leading up to that defiance of God's commandment. It's not just giving these people rights. That's the deflection. Mm-hmm. That's the pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Because who doesn't want people to have rights yeah. and to be equally recognized and to be on and on? But the real thing that they're being used for, they're out there protesting for LGBTQT whatever, rights, and yet they don't know they're being manipulated by the same satanic angels mm. that are trying to bring about this. Romans 18, or Romans 1 rather. I'm going to wrap this up here soon because we have to go eat. I really appreciate you doing this with me. Yeah, of course. These were great questions, by the way. I want you to know they, they're, they're almost immortal. You know, the questions <laughs> yeah. are, are time immemorial. Uh, people have been asking these questions, and I'm just glad they're coming from you mm-hmm. because you're wanting to have an answer yeah. for those that you meet because mm-hmm. you're, you're sharing a light that you have every time you Talk to people like this. Romans chapter 1 says in verse 18, For therein is the righteousness of, sorry, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteous, unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. We read this earlier, but this is a reminder that it's people suppressing the truth. Who hold the truth down in unrighteousness? Well, the satanic global elite. Mm. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. When did he show it? Well, every day when the sun rises, Mm -hmm. every day when the stars come out, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God, Psalm 19. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So when we talk about what about the kid in Lower Slobovia that never heard of Christ, Mm -hmm. he's not in this thing. Mm -hmm. He has an excuse. He doesn't know. But if he grows up and he reaches an age of accountability, he can see if he would seek the Lord, right. he could find him. Because that when they knew God, <laughs> these who hold the truth and press it down, 
When they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. So the first thing man does, imagination, the root of that word is image. Mm -hmm. What is an image? An image something you can visualize. Uh, in it's the Bible, picture. the image is an idol. Oh. Images. They worshipped images. Mm -hmm. Idols. What are these idols of? Other gods. Mm -hmm. Are there any other gods? No. So who are these gods? Angels. Fallen angels. And their sons. Mm. The devils. The demons. Okay. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And I think Paul's referring to those mixtures. Mm. Man and beasts. Think of like the, uh, I, who's the, the Egyptian God with the ibis head? You know, not Ra. Maybe it is Ra. But one of those... The dog heads? They have a dog, jackal-headed God, and they have a bird-headed God. I know there's Anubis. And yeah, Isis, Anubis. Anubis is the most one. Most of them have like some sort of animal counterparts imagery. They didn't there. just dream those up. Mm. The Egyptians inherited angelic civilization, uh, language, culture. Yeah, wow. Architecture. They, they they just show up in the pages of time. It's not like mm -hmm. the Egyptians uh, started off with stone tools and worked their way up. That would make sense why they kind of already had a form of embalming figured yes. out, which was very advanced. And advanced astronomy. Yeah. And and geometry, mathematics. They were they were amazingly brilliant. Mm -hmm. They were given that technology. Mm. Okay. So they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So it starts with idolatry, the worship of other gods. What do these gods do then? They corrupt and distort God's plan, God's mm -hmm. way, and humanity in the process. Because they don't care. Mm -hmm. They don't care who they hurt. They want to destroy us anyway. Yeah. So they're happy to lead us astray and give us anything we want if they can ultimately destroy, have us destroy ourselves. Right. So what follows from that idolatry, from this, for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. So what that started out as idolatry and rejection of God and worship of idols leads to all the sinful activity that man does. Mm. Man was taught this mm. by the angels right. that came down. He was taught to do this. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one for another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was me. And he's talking about wickedness here mm -hmm. and men being wicked with each other, women being wicked with each other. But he didn't stop there. Mm -hmm. He's not. It's not a dissertation on homosexuality. Mm -hmm. It's wickedness that resulted from idolatry that caused them to do this so that God's plan would not be fulfilled. Because mm -hmm. the only way children are going to be born is a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. Unless we genetically manipulate them. Mm. And then we're getting into the angels and right, UFO abductions. Right. Yes. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, 
covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers. It sounds like the the qualifications for Congress, (laughs) right? Uh, Without natural affection, meaning they wouldn't care if the baby was crying, Mm. implacable, you can never please them, Mm. unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. In other words, they encourage other people to do the same. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't stop with just men with men and women with women, did right. he? He went on to list everything that man does when he turns wicked because of idolatry. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Once you get, Once you start down that path, then you fall right into the hands of the angels who the last time they did this, ended up with the flood of Noah mm-hmm. because God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Mm-hmm. Can you even conceive of that? We know people Barely. can be evil, yeah. but is every imagination of the thought of every heart only evil continually? Mm. It will mm-hmm. be. Wow. It's not yet, but it's coming there. Mm-hmm. So that's what the Bible says about it. And to, to wrap it all up and to give you one final passage is this. The whole point of marriage between a man and a woman is that it was a picture of something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that a woman has to find a man to marry. It's fine if a person remains unmarried, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And I'm not going to make, I'm not going to pass judgment on the way other people live their lives mm-hmm. because I'm not called to do that. Right. <laughs> I'm called to preach the gospel. The Word of God is what convicts the heart. But in Ephesians chapter 5, <coughs> and you've heard me do weddings mm-hmm. many times, so you've heard these passages, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Well, how many women think of their husbands as Lord, you know? Probably not very many. <clears throat> Although Sarah called Abraham Lord, mm. but that was probably the only woman in history. <laughs> um For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, Mm -hmm. and he's the savior of the body. You begin to see the picture here? Mm -hmm. There's a pattern. Man isn't Christ. Christ is a man, Mm -hmm. but he's God in man. Right. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. And one of the, in another passage, Paul wrote, let the women be subjected to their husband because of the angels. Mm. What angels? The ones that would take them wives again Ah. if they could, and they will, coming back in the future. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. The wife is a picture of the church, Mm. the body of Christ, and the husband is a picture of Christ himself, the head. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Back with Adam. (coughs) But then Paul says this. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. Right. The devil wants to distort that any way he can. Mm -hmm. So if he can cause men to leave God's way, Mm -hmm. 
and do it after the manner of angels and devils, what results is such wickedness that every imagination of the thought of their heart is only evil continually. Mm. So we need to pray for and reach out to people that struggle with their sexual identity. And we need to help them every way we can and support them in love as Christ set the example. When the woman caught in adultery mm. was brought before him, and according to the law, she was supposed to be put to death. Mm-hmm. They never say anything about the husband or the mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. But here these self-righteous Pharisees were ready to have her stoned. Yeah. And he turned and he looked at them and he said, let he who has no sin cast the first stone. Right. And they all walked away. I have sin. Mm-hmm. I can't cast any stones. When all the accusers walked away, Jesus looked up and he said, Woman, where are thine accusers? And she said, There's none, Lord. And he said, Neither do I accuse you. Jesus showed the mercy and the love mm-hmm. that we're supposed to show. Right. To everybody, it doesn't matter. So, Livia, thank you. I hope that gives you some insight. Definitely. Yes, it was very fascinating, very eye-opening. Well, I appreciate your willingness to share your thoughts with me. It's not often that I get to have my own family come be a guest on my show. I hope you'll come back sometime. Yeah, for sure. And do it again. If you think of other things you want to talk about, we'll do that too. We'll have Zena back, of course, mm-hmm. next week. And for those of you that uh, tune in today, we just appreciate your willingness to join us. Don't forget that the website is utbnow.com. We've got a new donate uh, service, no longer PayPal, but through Subsplash. The link will be in the show notes. And the uh, you can also donate through the website. And coming in just a few weeks is going to be our new app, Unlock the Bible Now app. You can download it from the Google Play Store, from the Apple Store, and you can get the Bible messages that I do on Sunday. The podcast is going to remain separate, but you can watch those. You can donate right there from the app. It's got a built-in Bible. You can read along in the app with the Bible. And if we have any other special events or something like that, we'll be letting you know. So I'll be letting you know when it's officially released, but be looking for that soon. Olivia, thank you so much. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Well, appreciate you having us. You all have a great week. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at utbnow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.